Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Starting Your Private Practice podcast. I'm Miranda. And I'm Kelly. Today we're going to be diving even deeper into all things money, finances, and fee with one of those amazing coaching sessions that you love to listen in on. We're so grateful for the opportunity to share someone else's journey and you might relate to a few of the things that come up. So let's get started. Hey, Lisa Beth, thanks for being here with us. Hello, I'm excited to be here. We appreciate your vulnerability for, especially when it comes to money, my gosh, right? Like who mm. wants to talk about money in public? <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> things you don't talk about at the dinner table, right? But you're here and we're excited to help you. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to see where I end up. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that I think it's especially interesting you being the person that's been on here because you've already had such um, a transformation with money from mm-hmm. where you started to where you are. Um, and so even in that space to see how that shifted, maybe we can kind of catch yeah, um, let's do a recap. Our, our viewers. What what did money feel like when you first kind of came to us. And when we met, do you remember what money looked like in your private practice in your life? I do. Um, you know, I was just reflecting on this recently, but I have always operated personally and professionally from a scarcity model. There just was never enough. I didn't know where things I needed were going to come from. I didn't know if, you know, people I could count, if there were people I could count on. So with with regards to my practice, I would take pretty much anyone that I thought I could help. And as a social worker, I felt like I could help most people. Mm-hmm. You know, there were certain, you know, addiction is not my specialty. There are certain specialties that you need extra training on and tra- training in. And I would avoid those areas, but most people I felt I could help. So mm-hmm. I would just take them, whether they were a good fit or not. And, you know, you get that sort of pit in your stomach sometimes when it's not a good fit Mm -hmm. and you know I just would keep plodding along so uh, something that has shifted for me is just paying attention to and honoring what my value is what I bring to the table um and paying attention to identifying who my ideal clients are Mm-hmm. And, and reaching out to them because that's who I do my best work with. Um, and once I was able to kind of identify that there are certain people that I work best with, it, there there was less of a scarcity model. I, I, I guess I'm losing my train of thought. I apologize, but um, I just I felt like I could I could show up. I could basically show up and and be myself and say, this is who I work best with. I'm going to give you my, my best work. And, um, and I'm going to charge a fair fee for that. And so when I was able to, to realize that and really sort of 
understand that I could provide for myself. And not only could I provide for myself, but I could provide for my family. Mm. That was a big shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, um, I think that's just such a common space. We come in from this mindset of like helping and healing and being there for everyone, being the social worker. Mm -hmm. Um, Most social work programs require you to do volunteer hours, required you to do a lot of unpaid work. And so then when you get, you go out into private practice, you start to get on all the insurance companies because we want to make sure that that everybody can get access to care. And then it doesn't matter whether those insurance companies work with, well with us, if they reimburse at like livable wages, we just kind of start saying yes to everybody. And then it's just such a um, a frustrating thing. And I think there's a lot of shame when you're working a lot, <clears throat> you're doing everything that you can and you're still like not making ends meet. Like, well, mm-hmm. what am I doing wrong? You know, I'm being careful with my money. I've, I've always been careful, but like, there's still not enough to go around and then feeling this like frustration because there are things that you need in life for things that you desire. Yeah. I think, you know, you, sorry, you mentioned insurance. I completely forgot what a shift that was. I mean, when I was insurance panels, I was, I, I was on all the insurance panels and, you know, I was, I was limping along and it wasn't until COVID that it was so glaringly obvious that insurance companies didn't care about me. Reimbursement went down and so many claims were not paid. You know, I would have it documented in writing. Well, from my notes anyway, at the name of the representative I spoke to telling me exactly what they would reimburse. And then it it would just disappear, mm. you know, with no notice. And then you've got to go back to the client. You mm. know, it, it was just a nightmare. And that's with, you know, with you guys' help, I, I decided to come off of insurance panels yeah. and, and I give back in other ways. And I'm so glad that I was given sort of encouragement to figure out what my way of giving back was. Right. Yeah. And I'd like to also add for people listening about your niche. Um, and if you want to share just a little bit about who you work with, because I think that also ties into some of the money stuff here. Mm. Um, I have two primary specialties and one is working with transgender folks, prim- usually in the early stages of coming out and transitioning. Mm-hmm. And that's a marginalized mm-hmm. population. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I pay attention to that. I want to be there for that population. Mm. Um, And then my other specialty is working with childhood trauma, um, deep, deep wounds and using EMDR to help, help people sort of process and heal. Yeah. There was a time when the niche was impacting like, oh, I can't charge this fee because the niche is marginalized. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things came up. And so, um, how are you doing with that right now? Um, I, it seems like I, I, my, my, my caseload shifts, you know, every six yeah. months, eight months or so I, I was, I had a lot of transgender folks six months ago and they've kind of done their work and, and moved on. And now my caseload is heavier with EMDR. Yeah. Um, I, my way of giving back is to use Open Path Collective. So they screen people and then I market heavily with them 
towards my transgender folks, yes. letting them know that, you know, um, I have a slot open for that. Nice. So. Love it. Beautiful. So when you think about how the practice is right now and all the money stuff, mm. where do you need support today? Great question. <laughs> um, I just, I just raised my fees and I was using the nuts and bolts worksheet. Um, and really the, the first time I did it, I fudged the numbers. I'll be honest. I couldn't man, I couldn't handle yeah. any, I couldn't handle as big a jump as it needed to be. So I just left certain expenses off. Mm -hmm. And this year in particular, um, I've just realized I, I need to use real numbers and, and I went through it again and came up with a, a new fee that was significantly higher, you know, and I do 75 and 90 minute sessions for EMDR. And that's a big chunk of money for people. Yeah. But you know what? Um, it's just a number. But I think where I'm struggling is um, how to reach the folks that are able to pay that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are you finding happens <clears throat> when people call and you say, my fee for a 75 or 90 minute session is X, Y, Z. What are you getting told about that? Um, what I've heard, I hear a couple things. Um, Either people say right off the bat, I want to use my insurance. Can you recommend someone else? And I do have some names of people that I can refer to. Um, other times people will say, well, I need to check with my insurance company. And I think that's their way of ending the conversation because they'll say, I'll get back to you tomorrow. But then they don't call back. Mm -hmm. um, oddly enough, the people that are paying the new fee are men. <laughs> You know, I don't know whether they're, they just see themselves in a different income bracket or are putting themselves first and more easily. Um, but that's who the, that's been the, 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 the call volume lately. Majority. Well, yeah. and I think that's interesting when you say the call volume, um, are you finding that there are more men overall calling or is it? equal amounts and more men are saying yes to the fee more men are saying yes to the fee okay it's kind of an equal um number of callers yeah 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 and i think this is this is not uncommon for for women for cisgender women in particular to really struggle with this idea of investing in their own emotional, mental, or medical. I think all women, I think it's on both sides, yeah. but it's an interesting thing if as for a trans woman, right? Because they came from this other space where <gasps> they felt supported and then they're moving into a marginalized space. And so it's this weird little, like, mm -hmm. it's, I, I think there's a different, a little different experience, sure. although they always felt kind of off. They always, you know, they always mm -hmm. felt like I don't fit something doesn't feel right, you know, yeah. um, <clears throat> but I do think there's something really interesting about that space. And <clears throat> I wonder if, and we're, you know, obviously we talk about marketing in future, in future spaces, but 
sometimes as we are having those conversations within our marketing to talk about like, how hard is it to invest in yourself Mm -hmm. as a, Mm -hmm. um, someone who you weren't even invested in with a hug. You weren't given food as a child. You weren't listened to. You were told you were lying about the childhood abuse. You know, all the different things that are part of that trauma that can really tie into those those spaces and those um, places that say, no, it's not okay for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the other part too, is your your fee on your website yet? Or do you have some anxiety about it? No, I did that right away. I yeah. honestly said that right away. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I was kind of surprised that within 24 hours, it was there. It um, came easily this last <laughs> round, I recall, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that there's a, a space that's there in terms of there might be some things we can we can tweak in with the website and in with the contact page to mm-hmm. better prepare your ideal clients for that. But I also wonder if there's something about that conversation around money that you're having, right? That like put our heads in the sand kind of space. Like you've actually described it with the nuts and bolts or our our worksheet that we take you through to to schedule. I didn't like the numbers, so I just put my head in the sand, right? Mm -hmm. And I and I and I fudged (laughs) the numbers. I I shifted it. So what does this look like? If this is if your ideal client is maybe an earlier vision version of you in some ways how are they putting their head in the sand? Oh, I'm just going to talk with my insurance company. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to hope that somehow this highly specialized treatment that I need, which is EMDR at a time when most EMDR therapists have a waiting list that somehow I'm going to find somebody who works with whatever this budget is. And so do you ever talk about, Hey, what is your budget for for therapy? Does that conversation come up as part of the consultation? It doesn't, but you know what? That is the next place to go. It really is, is to bring that out into the open Mm -hmm. um, so that there's, there's no shame on on my side and there's no shame on their side, but like, yeah, yeah, let's have a conversation. What is your budget and what are the resources out there? Mm -hmm. Did you hear that? Okay. You're going to discover, is it is it truly like, hey, they they are budgeting something that's really more for they need to be referred to a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't know that information, you can end up sending them on a a wild chase of trying to find something when you're when you could really support them, whether it's referring them out or work mm-hmm. helping them in that moment to work through to make a better decision yeah. just by knowing that information. Sometimes people just don't know. They're shocked Mm -hmm. and they just don't know what to expect. I think what's really unique to, for you is that you, your service is beyond the standard, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I thought everything's just 45 minutes or an hour, but you go uh, beyond that. And there are reasons for that. You have your outcomes are driven by that, all of it. And so they're also trying to assimilate that information along with, okay, how do we compare this, Mm -hmm. you know, to what I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be versus what could really it become for me in my healing. Yeah. I think there's like, that reminds me of that space too. Like you mentioned, wow, I had a lot of people, um, uh, over the last six months, they did their work. They got to the ending point, which is beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. 
And for a lot of people, they think of therapy as either something you go to twice or something that you're in every week for the rest of your life, right? It feels like there's no like middle ground. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to say, hey, I usually work with people on average about this long. Everyone's different, but on average, people stay about this long. About this percentage of the people that work with me say this, that these are the symptoms that have, have come down, that their PTSD, they no longer would qualify as post-traumatic stress disorder chronic after they've worked with me mm-hmm. for five months or six months yeah. or what have you like to, to just describe and not in a false, not in a false, Hey, I'm promising that everything's going to happen in six weeks. And this is, but just mm-hmm. helping them to understand Give versus some framework. Yeah. Some framework yeah. versus when I've gone to, I've gone to EMDR therapists, um, who were very nice people, but as an EMDR therapist, I could very quickly see you're not using the protocol and then it's awkward when I'm like, okay, I'm not getting these results and I don't, I know it should be working and it's not, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, can you do an EMDR right for me, please? <laughs> so <laughs> get what I need. Right. Um, so I know how hard it is to find a really good, impactful, effective therapist, even an effective EMDR therapist. Mm-hmm. And I happily would have paid more to have somebody who said like, no, I work all the time. <laughs> here's how this works. Like, let's dive in and get it done. Mm-hmm. So before they even say, I, I need to check with my insurance, having that conversation to say, you know, I, I want to understand what your expectation is or what you were planning for. Can you mm-hmm. tell me what your budget is? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I think that's really the next place for me to go. And I think that that will that'll help the client, the potential client, whether they, they work with me or not. I think it will just help them. And I'll give you great information Mm -hmm. as you like go into your marketing and decide where you're going to make changes. It's beneficial to you both. That's the beauty of this stuff is when Mm -hmm. that clinical and business intersect Mm -hmm. and you become better for that kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the ways that I've, one of the languaging pieces I've used just to give you like really like dive down into specifics Mm -hmm. is, Hey, my fee is this for a, you know, 75 minute session. How does that work with your budget? Oh, that's more than I thought. Oh, what were you budgeting? Mm -hmm. So, so it it's right away. It's just a, here's the fee. How does that work for you? Does that work within your budget? Oh, actually, no. Like, oh, that's more than I was thinking. Cool. What was your budget? And it just kind of puts it in play. Mm -hmm. And I think especially, again, going back to the the current niche that you're working with a lot with the traumatized individuals, right? Having somebody just talk about money or resources or desires or needs or boundaries in this like just normal, beautiful way, like with ease, it's reparative, mm-hmm. just your consult. If you just spend 15 minutes and they just hear someone just talking about this in this different way, they may have never, ever had someone say, Hey, well, what do you need? Oh, mm-hmm. do I get to say that? Yeah. You get to say that. Oh, you know what? It's $10. You know, I was thinking it would be like $20, like a $20. Mm-hmm. Okay. I totally understand that. Unfortunately, Nowadays, most people, they have a a pretty significant um, deductible. Um, It's about this much, you know, like just most people, that's just not how it's working with insurance any longer. 
Um, sometimes that works with your insurance plan. A lot of times people are having co-insurance. It looks like about this much, even mm -hmm. in a network, this is what I'm seeing locally. Yeah. Um, so here's the part. And there are some nonprofits, but even in a nonprofit, like I had people asking for sliding scales that were asking for, you know, I was hoping for $60 a, a session, but mm -hmm. they were making $150,000 a year. I can send them to a nonprofit, but the sliding scale is not going to get them down to $60 a session. Right. And that was, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. 10 years ago. A while ago. Yeah. <laughs> so before we change the marketing, we just shift the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that also is demonstrates how you are in session as well. I know you don't ignore, you know, and that mm -hmm. you call out in a loving way what you're seeing. And so it gives them even a more greater sense of how it is to work with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like it's not been a disconnect really on the conversations, but um, we've just needed to go deeper. Yes. Yeah. I just need to go deeper. Yeah. So, thank and you. that's where you like to hang out, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I do. yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the one piece that I would say is that you might find that um, sometimes we extend the first part of the consult call and we don't leave enough room to talk about the money, right? Mm -hmm. So in a 15 minute conversation, if you were, let's say you were doing 12 minutes identifying talking about how you work, all this stuff. And then you left three minutes at the end to talk about money. It's not going to be as impactful. Mm -hmm. So be, do, do be thinking about that. Like, oh, maybe, maybe I've been going a little deeper on this front end and I haven't been leaving quite enough space. Mm -hmm. right? And we don't want to get into the scenario too, where suddenly now we're, we're doing 15 minutes of a consult and then we're talking about money for 15 minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. So we got to find some balance. So be thinking about that too. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So now we need to take a deep breath in. <laughs> this isn't as bad as I was. <laughs> well, number one, you've done a ton of work, right? Yeah. So like, let's just honor that for a moment because we're not coming in and saying, Lisa, like, I know, and maybe we can always edit this out, but we've had conversations where you're like, Miranda, I, I really need to like work out and move my body, but I can't afford the gym. And I'm like, Lisa Beth, how much is the gym? And I remember it was something like 40 bucks, 60 a month, it was $60 a month. I'm like, Lisa Beth, something's wrong. If you can't afford a $60 a month gym, like what is happening right now? Um, and it was like these little pieces would come out mm -hmm. as to that fudging of the numbers, right. That like, you were not charging a fee that was really viable. Um, and so like you have done all of that deeper work. So now as that's, as you have a better foundation and more comfort with money, then we get to go on those nuances these kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, actually, oh, it's not scary. Mm -hmm. Because also, right, and that same trickle down of we've um, kind of modeled for you talking about money in like a loving, yeah. open, non-judgmental mm -hmm. way. And you've been able to integrate that over the last couple of years. And now you get to go, oh, yeah, of course, I could easily talk to my clients like this. Mm -hmm. And this, whoever's listening is going to hear this, that's starting their practice. And yeah. I'm going to start doing this now. 
Yeah. You know, having these conversations now, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's the ripple effect. That's your kind of legacy work, <laughs> not just for you and taking care of your family, but now how others who are listening are going to learn to take care of themselves too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool. Okay. So again, going back and just taking deep breath in and thinking about just making this little shift and this little tweak, I want you just to scan from the top of your head all the way down your body. And I want you to notice any sticky points or any energized points. I want you just to kind of notice anything that stands out good or bad, neutral or numb, no judgment about any of it. Just kind of notice. It's, it's, it floors me that, um, as someone who has lived with chronic pain for decades, that I can just be aware of a sensation in my back and it's, it's no longer pain, Mm. discomfort, um, debilitating. It's just a sensation, you know, and I can like, I don't know, I'm learning to pay attention to what it looks like, what, the shape is does it move contract you know all that kind of stuff and that just gives me so much more control and power over it whereas it just used to control my life um so I'm just aware I'm aware of a sensation in my back but it's it's not painful yeah I think it's so fascinating too I bet there was probably a time too if we've been talking about money you could have noticed this sensation in your back that it expanded or it mm-hmm. shifted or it started to mm-hmm. move. Um, I went in for a rolfing session, uh, I think last week, mm-hmm. and I had noticed that there was pain in my back um, before the session, like, oh, in the middle of my back, there's this pain and it felt old. I'm like, ah, oh, this spot is hurting again. And I went in and some, some conversation started. I kind of just started to cry. And then I'm, you know, just expressing myself in the session. And then, uh, the person asked, you know, Hey, what do you notice? I'm like, ah, I noticed that this pain in my back is resolving itself. And I'm so irritated to know that it was emotional and I didn't realize it, but it's, it's lovely to know that just having a good cry will release the pain, but it's also irritating. (laughs) So it's, I think there's some, some interesting spaces too. That's just a little aside, about how how integrate like our body gives us so much data and information Mm -hmm. and i i'm sure there are people listening that when they think about even charging a fee for their sessions that if they were to just scan through their body they're like oh i feel it in my chest oh i feel it like my knees come together or my butt clenches or all these different experiences and to kind of listen and and be aware of what's happening in your body because it can give you really good data if there's anything that needs to be kind of explored I think it's something maybe Lisa Beth to consider doing after every consult a little body scan Mm. and just seeing what happens to that piece in your back what other things move or shift the more you practice this conversation Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. and let your body provide some wisdom for the process. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I'm so excited for Mm -hmm. what this, um, 
what this means for you. I can't wait to hear back. I hope that you will, obviously, um, we do coaching with you all the time. So you'll be uh-huh. sharing it week to week, how this all, um, how this all actually plays out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be helped yes. by this conversation sure. in particular. And I, I just want to highlight that this is like an integrative approach right? We aren't Mm -hmm. just talking about, oh, here's the math and that's what it is. And that's how it is. And that's it. Mm -hmm. But it's understanding your story. It's like sitting within your body, opening your heart to possibility Mm -hmm. and letting like spirit, you know, that energy kind of guide you. And Mm -hmm. you did a beautiful demonstration of that today, Mm -hmm. which I hope other people can pick up on of what it means to start your practice to do your practice in a way that's very integrated and mm-hmm. grounded mm-hmm. and being honest. I think if, above yeah. all else, especially on money, honesty mm-hmm. is, is so key here. So mm-hmm. thank you for your honesty mm-hmm. and your vulnerability today and sharing. And um, yeah, if anyone's listening, give a shout out to Lisa Beth, because yeah. I would just, I, you, the two of you, I've, I've said it before, have changed my life. I mean, personally and professionally, you just have. And it started with a vision and it started with the ideal day, like just giving me permission to dream. Mm-hmm. And then everything I needed and need is there to, to put it into play. And it's not easy. It's not, you know, <laughs> it's not easy, but you know, I have support and I, and I have the confidence and I'm just delighted with where I'm at in two years. Yes. We're delighted with (laughs) you. And what that means for the clients that you're working with. Mm -hmm. I think this is the piece too, that we often forget is that we're, I know you're amazing therapist before Elizabeth. Like I, I know you have been rocking it out for Mm -hmm. decades doing this work. And I know that the farther you go personally, mm-hmm. the farther you can take your clients. Yeah. And so every every breakthrough that we make as healers is an opportunity to help our clients go to that next level. And if we stay static and stuck, then we can only take them that far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just absolutely beautiful. And I'm so excited to have been able just to be witness to it all. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.